let the men make their way out. I'm excited about what God's going to be uh, doing with the men in our church and men's ministry, and uh, it's going to be a, a great time. There, there's actually a, an event coming up in just a few weeks, so be watching the website and the bulletin for that, as well as the app. As, uh, it's going to be just a, a great, a great uh, a catalyst for men growing spiritually and becoming leaders uh, in their homes, and not only just in their homes, but also in their church as well. Uh, Appreciate you uh, being here this morning for part two of a series that we started last week called Baggage. And today we're going to be talking about bondage. Now let me explain a a little bit of of something that God's kind of convicted me uh, with this week. And it's just a reminder to me as a pastor, but also I think should be a reminder uh, to all of us. And that's that, you know, it's really hard. You know, sometimes when we come into church on Sunday morning, we don't know what people have gone through. You come in Sunday morning sometimes, you don't know what people have gone through. I, I had a, a week where uh, my girls were out of school, it was spring break, uh, took off some time, spent with my family, it was awesome. Um, we had a car breakdown, and that took a lot of time this week. Uh, it's one of those things that we're going to have to make some financial decisions, and you know, it, it's those kind of things that kind of throw you off. You know, it's kind of a surprise. I didn't think I'd be doing, uh, you know, car, car looking and, and you know, dealing with, you know, you're going to trade this, you're going to do this, and um, you know, and that, that just seems so just minuscule, right, compared to what other people are going through. Sometimes you walk in here on a Sunday morning and somebody's marriage just hanging by a thread. Sometimes you come here on a Sunday morning and, and you've been to the doctor this week and you heard some news that, that you didn't want to hear that maybe you weren't prepared for. Some of you come in here on a Sunday morning in financial ruin and and, and you're just really struggling to pay the bills, and it just doesn't seem like you're ever going to get ahead. Some of you may have lost a job this week, or, or you know your job is just right there on the edge, and so it can be a very stressful time. It can be a time that you really struggle with, and I just want to remind you this morning that God is there, and that the theme verse for this series maybe would speak to your heart even more if you come out of those circumstances this week, when he says, come to me, all you who are weary who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your soul. As we talk about baggage, we can easily say, oh yeah, I get it, right? You know, we're supposed to check our baggage with the Almighty God. Jesus wants to take our burdens. That's why He died on the cross, why He rose again. He wants to free us from sinfulness. He wants to free us from the patterns of the world. But so many of us, we get used to carrying these bags around. It's unresolved conflict it's issues it's just going through life and feeling like I have just this unfulfilled life maybe for some of us it's unrepented sin and we we get in this mode in this world where we think we'll just manage it all we'll just manage it but it piles up all this baggage it becomes too much to bear and too much to tote and today we're going to be talking about the baggage of bondage maybe that's a habit that you struggle with Maybe just a sinful pattern. Maybe even an addiction. You have a hard time getting over it. You know, I think there's a difference between habitual sins and occasional sins. Habitual sins are those sins that keep coming back and they establish a pattern in our life. And we seem to be repeating this pattern over and over and over again. And it seems to be one of those things that it feels like an addiction to us. This, this sinful choice or this sinful habit. And then there's those occasional sins, those times where, you know, I haven't done that for months or I haven't said that in years. And where did that come from? And they kind of catch us off guard. For some of us, our hearts, 
our minds, and, and just, just our being, just deep within us, we feel like we are in a prison. Some type of captivity, a bondage. The definition of bondage is simply that if anything has mastery over you, then you're in bondage. We're going to read a scripture a little bit later that talks about strongholds in your life. If you find that your mind is obsessing about something, if you find your attention drawn to something, all of your time, maybe perhaps all of your resources, maybe you just feel like your life is always moving toward this, or it's a constant, what you would call a distraction in your life, maybe it's something that slowly has become the center of your universe, then you might be in bondage, a prison that you've built into yourself. And so we come to this question this morning, and I want you to be really brutally honest with yourself and, and answer, this self, answer this question in your mind to yourself this morning. Does anything have mastery over you? Does anything have mastery over you? Anything at all? Be, be really, really honest. It may not be something that's apparent. Maybe something that's actually really dangerous or destructive. But it may not be. It may be something that doesn't, doesn't even have that appearance of, well, that could actually mess up my life down the road, at least at first. But maybe you're consumed with it, and you find out you're thinking of this more than God. And you feel like it's been a distraction in your life, and now it's become destructive in your life. And this could be many different things. I'm going to give you a list this morning of some, some things maybe you haven't even thought of that maybe have a little bit of mastery over you. What about caffeine? You know, you're one of those people when you wake up in the morning, I gotta have caffeine, and I gotta have caffeine all day, and I gotta have caffeine at work, and then when I get home, I gotta have caffeine, and then in the evening I have caffeine, and, and maybe that's what it is for you. For some of you, maybe it's chewing tobacco. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things that I, I didn't start, you know, uh, uh, dealing with, with that, uh, you know, uh, until recently, or maybe it's something I've struggled with since my teenage years, but, but this idea that I can't really get rid of it, it just seems to have some kind of mastery over me. Maybe it's smoking cigarettes, or in today's culture, maybe it's marijuana. Maybe for some of you, it's the internet. You're just on the internet all the time, obsessed with the internet. Maybe it's social media, Facebook, Instagram. Maybe it's some kind of app on your phone. You just you get up in the morning, and you're on the app, and you're on the app all day, and you come back at night, and you're on the app, and you just find that it's just taking all of your time. Maybe it's something like sports. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's just spending. Spending money makes you feel better. And even though you're spending yourself into debt, you still find yourself wanting to spend more. For some of you, it might be gambling, alcohol, pornography. Maybe some of you are suntan freaks. You, you just got to get the tan and you got to keep tanning and it becomes this obsession in your life. Maybe, maybe it's something like a generational curse that you can't even really identify. Maybe someone's come up to you at some point and said, oh man, you really got your daddy's temper. Or man, you've really got your mom's negativity. Maybe for some of us, it's just work. We become workaholics. But when one of these things becomes the main thing in life, you find yourself distracted by it. You find yourself thinking about it. You're using your energy, your resources, and your time toward it. It can be heading you down a road of peril before you even realize it. And it means that something has a stronghold, has mastery in your life. I want you to listen to some of these statistics. I got this off a website of the American Association of Christian Counselors. Listen to some of these statistics that kind of talk to us about our culture today and some things that maybe have mastery over us. There are an estimated 15 million alcoholics and 10 million drug addicts in this country today. 40% of all family problems brought to domestic courts are alcohol-related. 
75% of all juvenile delinquents have at least one alcoholic parent. Over 150,000 teens use cocaine, and over half a million use marijuana at least once a week. In addition, nearly half a million junior and senior high students are weekly binge drinkers, and an estimated 10 to 15 million teens need treatment for some type of substance abuse every year. Five to ten million people are addicted to prescription drugs. It is estimated that every addict directly affects at least five other people in their life. In a recent Gallup poll, 41% of those surveyed indicated that they had, had physical, they had suffered physically, psychologically, or socially some type of harm as a result of someone else's drinking or drugging. Double the level reported just 20 years ago. 40 to 80 million Americans suffer from compulsive overeating, and 5 to 15% will die from its consequences in any given year. There are some $20 billion spent yearly by Americans seeking to lose weight. There are an estimated 2.5 million pathological gamblers and another 3 million uh, categorized as compulsive gamblers in the United States. That is a $500 billion industry every year. The suicide rate for this population is 20 times higher than the national average. Some 50 million family members are said to be adversely affected by someone's gambling. There are currently over 300 million pornographic websites, with an estimated 6 to 8% of the population of the United States diagnosed with some level of sexual addiction. 30% of minors have agreed to meet someone they know only via the internet, and 14% of, of them have actually done so. There are an estimated 15 million new cases of sexually transmitted disease, the top of those being chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, HIV, that are contracted every year. That is one STD about every two seconds. Of the top 11 reportable diseases in the United States, seven of those are STDs. No one really knows how many workaholics there are since this addiction has received comparatively little attention or study. One study indicated that over 10 million adults work an average of 65 to 70 hours per week. Several recent studies charge that many of the organizations in which they work are like dysfunctional families and force these work patterns that promote and encourage workaholism that negatively affects the home. And I could go on. This actually was an eight-page document that I, that I printed that just goes on with statistics and this idea that we are suffering under such bondage. That we are suffering through these strongholds in life. And it means that something has influence or has been given mastery over you. I want to see what the Bible has to say about this this morning. And so, if you would, please turn in your Bible to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, we're going to begin with verse 17. If you're using the Bible that we've provided there in the seat with you, uh, just turn that Bible to page 1018, page 1018. And as always, you're welcome to follow along in the, in the phone. If you have your phone or if it's a tablet, you can follow along in the Oakwood app and all of the uh, details of the sermon, the points, and the scriptures are all there for you. But 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 22 
And this is what it said. Just a little background to this passage. It's talking here about false prophets and false teachers specifically. It's talking about how they have offered you the things of this world, the things that will lead you astray, the things that will lead you away from God. They're, of course, false, which means they're deceptive in nature. So listen to what it says, beginning 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. These are waterless springs. Can you picture that in your mind? He's giving us a visual cue there. A waterless spring. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. When you think storm, you think what? You think heavy rainfall. No, these are just mists driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by what? They entice by sensual passions of the flesh. Those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. And look what it says here in verse 19. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. What it says there, the last part of 19. Let's, let's read that again. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Stronghold. Bondage. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Why? Verse 21. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than, after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Bondage and baggage. It's a heavy load to carry. And it's hard to give it up. And sometimes as we go through life, we become so conditioned just to take it on and to take it with us. Some of us, let's admit it, some of us, this bondage that we're in, we've been doing it and carrying it for years. 20, 30 years. It's become a part of us. It's part of who we are. It's a part of our survival. And yet we feel that it still tends to pull us away from God. So what do we do about that? How do we not return to the sins? How do we not return to put ourselves in bondage and to allow something to have mastery over us that creates baggage and pulls us away from God? I want to share just a couple of things with you this morning. The first one is this, and this takes humility. Humbly admit your inability to manage this baggage. Just humbly admit your inability to handle this baggage. Because some of you have been in that mode of handling it your whole life. And, and you need to own your stuff, but you need to humbly admit that I'm not getting over this. I'm not changing. This isn't something that I can gain control back over. Yeah, I'm going to admit this thing really does have mastery over me. And you need to confess that you need God's power, that you need God's might and his strength to overcome it. You cannot manage this kind of stuff. You cannot eliminate this baggage on your own. It is only through Jesus Christ. And God is saying to you, what? 
He's saying, bring it on. Bring it all to me. And that's why he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me. Come to me. I'm the one who will give you rest. We need to humbly admit our inability to manage this baggage. The second thing is we need to surrender control. Surrender control of your life to God and submit to the changes that he wants to make in your life. You need to surrender control of your life to God and submit to the changes that he wants to make in your life. You need to recognize that this baggage that you have, that this bondage that you're in is from Satan. And it's Satan's attempt to get you to live independently from God. And so many of us try to do this. We we try to do this throughout our week and on Sundays. We put God away in the God box during the week. And on Sunday morning, we open up that drawer and we pull God out and we find our Bible and say, Okay, God, you know, I'm going to give you an hour this morning and and this is going to be great. But we we, we live independently of him during the week. He's not something that we acknowledge in our daily life. We don't go to him daily in prayer. We don't feast on the word of God daily. We don't do any of those things that we need to do so that we're walking with him and so his presence is in our life. And if you want to know why you don't know what the future holds, why you have some problems in life that you can't get over, why you are some, in some type of bondage and you're carrying this baggage around, a lot of it has to do with that daily time with God. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you have that, you have great peace. With, when you have that, you have peace power to overcome things in your life but so many of us we don't we just compartmentalize put Jesus away during the week I can use this language at work I can have this attitude as I pursue riches in the world I have this kind of, and then I'll just pull it out on Sunday morning I'll just pull it out I might even pull it out on Wednesday night I'll pull out my Christian box pull out my God box that's not surrendering control that's not giving your whole life over to God you need to give it over to God and then you Through submission, you submit to the changes that he wants to make in your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, this is spiritual warfare. This is not some some soft thing. This isn't some self-help plan that you can just get over. This is spiritual warfare. And so spiritual struggles are fought on our knees through prayer and calling on the power of God through surrender. That's the way that we're going to overcome this. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare, talking about spiritual warfare, are not of the flesh. There's nothing in our flesh form we can do. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. What kind of weapons for spiritual warfare? These are spiritual weapons. The spiritual weapons of prayer and daily being in the Word. And hear me, you are powerless to change the strongholds And to overcome the bondage in your life on your own. You're powerless, but with divine power, with resurrection from the dead type of power, with Romans 6 called to walk in newness of life, called out of a tomb of death and into a resurrection life type of power, you can be an overcomer and you can overcome the bondage and the baggage that you're in. But you have to surrender control to God. And submit to the changes that he wants to make in your life. The third thing and the last thing this morning is that you need to allow God to move you past the past and heal you. You need to allow God to move you past the past and heal you. A lot of us are stuck in the past. Baggage has a way of staying with you. It's kind of like, uh, I was thinking of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, when, uh, when Cousin Eddie comes, you know, 
It's kind of like you didn't want to see him coming, and he comes and he stays. He parks his RV in your yard, and he's going to be there. Well, I don't know when I'm going to leave. I might be with you a few months, or I was thinking we might just live here, and you're thinking, oh, no, but you accept this baggage. You bring it into your home. You allow it in your life. And then you wake up someday and say, I want to get rid of this thing, and it's not that easy. It isn't that easy. You have to allow God's movement there. And you have to allow all those things that happened in the past, all those things that, that, that you remember, all those memories and all those sinful patterns, you allow God to move you past the past and heal your heart. This is especially true in this area of bondage where something has mastery over you. It's just like that old friend that just keeps coming back. But then I think someday we wake up Hey, we're convicted by the Holy Spirit. We arrive at this point of conviction that we are not going to live in that darkness anymore. We're not going to allow this to be in our life. In fact, we're not going to be mastered by anything in life other than God and His Holy Spirit living in us. And when we do that, we allow God to make changes, to make the changes He wants to make. I want to look at another passage this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn back to Romans chapter 6. So if you're in 2 Peter, just turn back to Romans Chapter 6 in Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. If you're following along in, in one of our Bibles this morning, just turn it to page 943. 943, Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 16, says this. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. That, that There's a strong word he uses in the text here. That word that we translate into English as slaves. That something has mastery over you. It's no longer sin after you come to Jesus Christ. You now have Christ as your master. You now have the Heavenly Father as your master. In verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. Verse 19, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Because he could expound on this so deep it would make your brain hurt. And it says this, for just as you were once, for just as once you presented your members, it's talking about your body, your feet, your hands, your eyes, your mind, your mouth. For just as in one time you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness in your life, so now present your members, those parts of your body, as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. The process of you looking more like the Son of God. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you should say amen to that. Because we have hope. 
because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he means to us. And so we are no longer slaves to the bondage that has held us, the bondage of those sinful acts and those sinful, those sinful patterns in our life, to the poor choices that we've made up until this point. But you are now bonded to Christ, and you are free to live and walk in newness of life. And so I want you to make this declaration this morning. Can you make this declaration? Can you say this? I renounce every unrighteous use of my body and my mind, and I yield it all to God to be used for his purpose and glory. Could you and would you make that declaration this morning? That I renounce every unrighteous use of my body and my mind, and I yield it all to God to be used for his purpose and his glory. Because true freedom is found there. True freedom from bondage is found in becoming a servant of Jesus Christ and calling him master. And when he is your master, you will be mastered by nothing else because he is in control of your life because you are surrendering daily your life to him. You're laying it out before God every morning in prayer. Lord, today I dedicate my life, I dedicate my mind and all the thoughts and all the things I want to see online and in the app and all of these things obsess my mind, all these things maybe I've done with my body. And I understand some of you right now, you're thinking, man, that was last night for me. This is really close to home. It doesn't matter. You get forgiveness at the cross of Calvary and you can break that chain, that stronghold, that bondage and it will hold you captive no more because Jesus is stronger than anything that would hold you down in life and you surrender your mind and you surrender your body to Jesus Christ and he removes the baggage and you're free to walk in newness of life and I want you to hear the voice of God calling today through the words of his son Jesus close your eyes for a moment and listen to him call you again come to me Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden and in bondage with strongholds in your life. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest.